What's up, everybody? Coming to you straight out of the DBT sound room, we're bringing you another episode of the Music Podcast Deluxe. That's right, Muck and Dre are back, baby, and we're ready to blow your mind. Woo! In season two, we're going to keep doing what we do best, and that's talking about concerts, records, experiences, and everything we do. Make sure you stay up to date by hitting subscribe, because we're going to have some kick-ass guests coming your way. So stay a while and make some time for music. I'm sorry. Look, it's been it's been a couple weeks. You know, we haven't recorded in a while. The studio is a bit of a mess. I have to tell you, man. Like, you need a little tidy up here. It doesn't need to be spackly clean down here. You know, like I am. Do we have? I'm not here to judge, but Jesus Christ, I'm sitting on belts and sweaters. Do we have budget for a maid? No, we have no fucking budget for a maid. No, somebody, no. somebody, give Unless me Unless you can train your fucking dog. Look, it's a pretty small room. While, while, while you're working or something during the day, that'd be nice, but I don't think Lenny's got it in him. No. Lenny the Greyhound was not built for tidying up. He was built for sleeping. And running. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 21 of the Music Podcast Deluxe. And like we said, it's been a little while. We've been busy. How is everyone feeling tonight? First and foremost, it's good. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a good night back. You know, we're starting to get uh, some warmer, longer days. Everything's great. Um, we had a great event uh, just not too long ago. Yeah, you know what? I, I honestly, um, I feel like after the party, I now have so much more time on my hands. Well, wait a minute, right? So, it, so, so th- th- this is this the event is what he's talking about. So, I mean, you you want to fill him in on what what happened? Well, in case you're wondering, we were. Uh, we were gone for a while planning and organizing a uh, a small little vinyl event. Yeah, it was, a, a, I think, a straight-up listening party would be how to describe it. We called it Whiskey and Grooves, and we paired up vinyl listening with whiskey. Uh, we curated a playlist where we went through four different genres, and for each genre, there was a whiskey selected to be kind of representative of that kind of music. We did jazz, rock, funk, and then we capped off the night with reggae, hip-hop. And in between each one of those segments, uh, I would come in and maybe kind of run it a little bit like the podcast, give a fun fact or uh, uh, just some info, some background on the genre itself. Now, what's up? You're doing the sound man thing there? You, you look like maybe you're doing like a crystal ball motion. Like, we're good, we're good. Is the microphone going to be telling us? No, it's future? fine, it's fine. It is? It's what's taken care of. Okay, where were we? Yeah, so this whole thing kind of came about when, I don't know, it was about uh, two, three years ago, I went to a St. Patrick's Day event. Uh, my buddy Hovig, he's a captain over there at the Black Watch. They had a St. Patrick's Day event there. So I went... Go check out the, the, the space and this. Uh, Hovig was organizing it. He invited me. So I'm like, yeah, let's go. It'll be a good time. A bunch of friends were going there. And I walked into this room and was blown away. Just think about the warmest kind of like everything wood with leather couches. And on the walls is just all this history from the military. The bagpipes from uh, the, the Battle of Waterloo. Yeah. There's this tiger skin. There's the... Uh, a flag that was brought over, a, a, a British flag from India, hundreds of year old trophies and all kinds of stuff. You These ram's heads that were filled with tobacco that you can like snort if you wanted to. What's interesting is that um, every everything or mostly everything was somewhere at some time and, and there was a history attached to that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting there on the, St. Patrick's Day and the 
there's an Irish band playing and I'm looking around and I'm really feeling the space. So I, I, at some point I got, I got a hold of Hovig during the night and I told him, I go, I would love to have a listening party here. Now that got just put on float mode because then the podcast happened and then a whole bunch of other shit went down and Hovig got real busy and that just got suspended. Until more recently, a few months ago, Hovig came over to my place uh, for a personal listening party at, uh, at my house. And along with him, he brought whiskeys. So we spent the night just listening to music, talking about either the music or whatever else was on our minds and sipping this delicious stuff. And by the end of the night, we're like, yeah, or, or the day after we spoke and we're like, yeah, I think this could be a concept for a party. That was about six months out where we decided, remember, we, we, we had that meeting at the Black Watch mm-hmm. and we just decided, okay, let's do it. We came up with it. We refined the concept a little bit. We spoke about what we're going to do. We're going to rent the turntables. We're going to do this and that. And we went for it. Yeah. What, what's what's so cool about it is it's kind of the the first, I call it DJ gig, I guess. Definitely the first the first time I ever even used a mixer or fader between two turntables and the first time I was, you know, we were in charge of what music was playing, you know what I mean? Like complete control. It was pretty fucking wild, man. It was fun, man. It, yeah. was, it was definitely a night to remember and I would love to do it again. Anyway, we recorded the night. So we're going to cut in here some audio of me explaining a little bit about uh why we're playing jazz and why we'd be going into rock. Um, check it out. What is going on, everybody? Look, this is a first shot for us. Welcome to Whiskey and Grooves. I'd like to thank everybody here for making some time for music tonight. With our busy schedules, it's more important than ever, I feel. We started the night off with some jazz, a genre that is pretty specific to Montreal. And given that it's a Whiskey and Grooves night, I should mention that the reason why jazz has a standing place in Montreal was because the 20s and 30s, if you know your history, we had prohibition, but not in Quebec. We were smarter than that. Kept the booze alive, which kept the nightclubs alive, which brought the musicians in. That's why we still have a standing jazz fest. I believe it's the biggest in the world, actually. Anyway, I hope that warmed you up real nice because we're about to kick it up a notch. Rock and roll is coming up next. And I and these two guys in back of me, we got Muck over here. And Steve is probably kicking around right there. You know, music that was handed down from our parents. My mom used to tell me that I would cruise around on my tricycle in the basement listening to Billy Idol with a badass fucking face on, right? But... To start off the night, you can expect some CCR. We're going to do new and old. We're not just going to do our parents' music. But to start it off from 1977, we have a highly jazz-influenced rock act, Steely Dan, from the classic Asia. This is Home at Last. Enjoy, everybody. Why don't we, uh, why don't we talk to them about how we defined kind of each of the playlists that we were going to play because the night was separated almost into two pieces, right? This curated music portion, which we paired up with the whiskeys and then uh, the before and after. So kind of like the smooth, the smooth tunes at the start of the night and then kind of the free for all after the event. So we took 
multiple weeks. I mean, you took a huge, huge, huge piece of this and, and studying and researching and trying to figure out what, oh, dude, what would I be good. And just, just the amount of time I spent washing records. That's true. I completely forgot that you washed everything. Fuck, man. Like... There was a good eight hours of just washing, and then we had to categorize, and we labeled, and there was that night we got together with Steve, and there was that other night I went over to Steve's. Yeah, it was, it, there's uh, many hours that went into it, and let me tell you, if we were, if we were packing a laptop and a Spotify playlist with well, a fade been, in, fade out, this would have cost, this would have, this would have been so much easier. Yeah, I think we probably could have just plugged right into the amp at that point. Yeah, just nowhere near as authentic, you know, and nowhere near, like we were bringing history into that room. You know, like a lot of our records are 50 plus years old. And I think we chose genres that like said something about us. If not you individually, something about one of the three of us, either me, you or Steve. Like jazz was Steve's jam. Yeah, I, I had no business there. Yeah, those were all Steve's records. He took over the turntables at that point of the night and he, he went for it, you know. He enjoyed it. These are records that he listens to often or had listened to often well what's really funny is we always kind of said that um steve steve has that that musical touch right and we spent probably what four and a half five hours the night before just trying to familiarize ourselves with the equipment and get really into the fade in fade out making sure the transitions were smooth and what took steve maybe four songs (laughs) and uh he he was fucking he was going at it honestly dude i think after his Fading in and out of three songs and just mixing three songs, he was better than me. Oh, definitely. I would just say he had he had a, just a natural knack for it. But he he is just adept at musical things. Yeah, like he can tune a guitar with no reference. He can just hit the G and tune a G, and he's no he's no musician or anything. He just he can hear it even when he gets behind a drum kit. You know, like he can play combinations that I. I wouldn't even think of playing. And again, he doesn't practice. So I feel like that natural ability kind of played to his advantage. Well, that I, I think at one point I was talking to him and I was like, oh shit, dude, the song. And he's like, oh yeah. He just kind of turned around and flipped the needle and that was it. He like made the fade happen. Yeah. No problem. He's like, and he looked at me, he's like, almost fucked that up. You know, like real close. So. It was, it was fun. It was a good time. <clears throat> so jazz was Steve's. Rock, you took over the turntables. That was a tough playlist to put together. Yeah, and, you know, we wanted to try to stay authentic and true to us, but at the same time, we didn't want to go overboard because we could have went really crazy with the selection of music. We wanted a sprinkle of DBTH flavor on the event, you know? That's that, that's what it was, you know? Just kind of like uh, a dressing, like uh how would you say, a seasoning, a seasoning of DBTH on that rock playlist. So we had to, I went over and over. I think there was like maybe a dozen different variations of the playlist. Well, look, the, the original, about. the original conception happened, uh, pretty much the night that we got together and we built all the playlists. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think from that conception, two songs stayed. Was it, uh, Steely Dan and CCR? I think were the only two rock songs that stayed on the playlist. Every, no, uh, Queens, Queens of the Stone Age, yes. And uh, we ended up with Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Hendrix in the end. Yeah, All but that was kind of cool that. because we decided yeah, we were going to fade in. It made sense, yeah. That was the last, uh, that was an audible. It was an audible because we were going to put our Arctic Monkeys. We were thinking about Arctic Monkeys as well. Developing the rock portion of the playlist kind of made it so that we had to 
plan for either too short a set uh, or a change up in the vibe. And, and it kind of gave us some clarity and some direction on the other portions of the playlist, right? Like well, we just, knew when hip hop was done that it was a good playlist and maybe it was even a little bit too long and we had to cut a song or two. Yeah, the same thing with funk, the same thing with funk. But with the rock playlist, I feel what was hard for me is to gauge how heavy to go. How much screaming would be acceptable? How much distortion? Because you have a room full of people that don't necessarily dig like aggressive music. So you want to keep it lighter and accessible, but still not void of taste. You know, like you want to stand behind the songs that you're going to play. And you don't want to be repetitive, right? You don't want to copy what's on the radio to a certain extent. You want to be fresh. And uh, I think at one point, even was it Dom, he came up to us. He's like, hey, hey, when are you guys going to play, you know, what you're going to play? Like, and it, pretty much hinting at like some of the heavier stuff, right? Where was the Royal Blood? Where was the the Rage? Where yeah. was anything? You know, that's, yeah. what, that's what he expects us to play. And it came, it came. Definitely. It came. That's why, like, we, we, I feel in the end, I was very, very happy with the selection. So what did we have for rock? We had uh, Steely Dan. Yeah, we had Steely Dan. Then we went into Tragically Hip. Locked in the trunk of a car. Yeah. Uh, CCR. Um, Run Through the Jungle. Run Through the Jungle. Royal Blood. Royal Blood. Alt-J. Uh, wait, Royal no, Blood, Royal figure, Blood it out. figure It Out. Figure It Out. Then Mute Math. Blood uh, Pressure. Yeah. Then Alt-J. Left Hand Free. Man, I still got it. Then Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. Mm-hmm. Hendrix. And uh, Jimi Hendrix, all along the watchtower. I think. I think. Was it Royal Blood and Jimi Hendrix got the biggest cheers? Is that possible? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think Which so. Was, it's always fun to hear. Oh yeah. As soon as the needle drops down, oh, and yeah. uh, Hendrix, the intro to Hendrix came on, and everyone was like, "Yeah!" freaking uh, out. Yeah. It's fun. And then and then we went Hendrix into our funk set, so we paired it up with Funkadelics, super stupid, like the funk set was the easiest playlist to yeah, put together. But it was fun. Yeah. It, it was like, okay, I know what I want everybody to hear. Like, I, there, there's there's these few songs that are definitely going to need to get played. So we went for it. Funkadelic. We got James Brown. And, like, we had to, like, the funk playlist had to be top-notch because we had an episode about funk music. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't On this season, fun. like, we were, we, were, we were talking about how much we love it and how much we listen to it. It had to really be prime. So we went... Funkadelic, we went James Brown. I think after James Brown was Betty Davis. Yeah, yes. And if average it was white band. And yeah, that's right. Uh, James Brown, average white band, pick up the pieces. James Brown, we played Cold Sweat live Life. at the Apollo. Just these songs don't get played, man. The, some of the songs that we were playing, there was 80 people that showed up, which is honestly fucking respectable, man. I I, I said to myself, I'm like, I'd be happy if 50 showed up, 80 showed up. Damn, that's good. Yeah. You know, that was, we, we, that, that was a definite win. So there's 80 people listening to Betty Davis and uh, fucking James Brown, Live at the Apollo, Cold Sweat. These songs, they don't get appreciated enough. So just putting them on. Where do we go? After Betty Davis, then we went um, Bee Gees, Boogie Child, mm-hmm. Earth, Wind, and Fire, Fire. That's Shining Star. Uh, after that, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson, PYT, and then uh, Bill Withers, Harlem. Yep. Like... So much fun. So much fun. And people were grooving, man. People really enjoyed it. Well, I had people coming up to the records because we would put the 
the records up there are now playing. We would put them up so people could see them and like take pictures of the records because they really liked the song. They wanted to go check it out or whatever. Constant conversations with people about the Oh, records. yeah. People were coming up, looking at the album covers, and I was showing them what was like different about this one, and this one's live, and hey, I have... Uh, for Half Moon Run at the rock set, I found yep. my autograph sleeve on the inside, so I was showing, like, that, showing that off. Yeah, and and there was a couple people hanging around the DJ booth too, right? Or, or the kind of where we had the turntables set up, mostly like uh, Chris and Mike and Danny yeah. and stuff. Every now and then, we'd show them something cool, right? Like we'd pass them over the record. They're like, "Oh, cool!" Yeah. Or uh, Steve would pull out some Japanese pressings. I think he played like some Japanese Michael Jackson at some sure. point in the night, and it's just like it's stuff you don't see. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff from like personal collections that we've just been gathering i know steve steve's always on the hunt so yeah and steve has a nice reggae collection too that's where we went after this so after the funk segment we went into reggae hip-hop and i mean it might not seem obvious why those two genres were i I give them i'll give them some information like i did at the party sure please it might not be obvious why those two genres are kind of compatible but the beginnings of hip-hop was was influenced in part by reggae a lot of reggae singles uh, on the B-side would have a stripped-down version of the track where it was mostly bass and uh, drums, and you'd have the vocal over it, and it sounded an awful lot like what a DJ ends up doing with an MC in New York. And you had a few of the original uh, MCs and DJs coming from Kingston, uh, immigrated to New York. So you have that kind of direct link, and just... To get those party vibes right, it really was, it worked. Yeah. It, it set the vibe right. So we started with some Bob Marley, then Steve played some Steel Pulse. It's the only time in the segment where we played two songs from the same artist back to back. He like, actually did play them. He did. Both, I told him to go for it, because at that point in the night it was later on too. Yeah, so. it's true. Two Steel Pulse songs, then a Jock Cure song, then Nas and Damian Marley, like probably one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time, and it just so happens to have Bob Marley's son, Damian Marley on it, singing all this reggae beautifulness into the wrong Yellow Wolf song. Yes. <laughs> yep. Steve this, didn't even look. That was the one time I think we fucked up in, was, the, in the night. Yeah. But yeah. it kind of worked, but it was weird. Yeah, but we it kind of worked. It, it kind of worked. We, we, we cut it a little short and we, we ended want, up playing Whiskey in a Bottle later on. Later on in the night. night. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to go in the Whiskey in a Bottle, but yeah. Steve pulled out the first disc that was... In That's the it. gatefold, and it was it. side two or yeah. uh, uh, disc two, yeah. and he ended up with "Fiddle Me This." He didn't even look; he just put it on. <laughs> he just assumed it was right because everything else was fine. After that, the Fujis, yep, with Fuji Law, into the roots, the, roots. the movement, and then Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, still Dre. Mm-hmm. No, did we do next episode? We did do next episode in the yeah. end. We were just like, "Fuck it." Yeah. Put next episode yep. on, and then. Uh, Steve picked up from there and went a little crazy. And I think at one point, me and Steve were doing, or me, you, and Steve, I don't know if you were back and forth because it was hard yeah, to Yeah, we were going stuff. back We were doing like two or three songs, yeah. queuing up two three songs we're and doing then our swapping. Socializing thing. Yeah, that's right. Which was kind of fun because I was able to sneak in a little more rock. Yeah. And I think at one point uh, you came up and you were like, I thought you were playing, what did I play? Joy Wave. And then I yeah. snuck in uh, um, Foo Fighters. Yeah. It was a fun night, man. Bucket list item, man. I, I, I've been wanting to do that ever since we started collecting records and I started having a couple people over at my house and just the, the feeling you get after a night of listening to records and just just wanting to scale that and, and try and do it, you know, still intimate, but on a little bit of a bigger scale. You know, we didn't realize it, but it was a lot of fucking work and there was a lot of stuff we had no idea like. No, we, we learned a lot, lot, man. Yeah, like yeah. it was a very interesting and and 
positive experience from from all fronts. Like we learn how to do the quick setups. Uh, I mean, it's not not that it's fancy, but I mean, we got there and there was problems that had to be solved pretty much immediately, and we just kind of made it work. Well, I think in the end, what it all boils down to is making some fucking time for music, and that's what we did, man. We put time aside or our already busy schedules. And we said this is for music, you know, and we did what we had to do. Okay, so I mean, if if uh, if we had to give people out there uh, some tips, I, I think we should say like, plan early, get the gear to your house. Yeah, and if you need it. if you need turntables in Mon- in the Montreal area, just don't waste any time and go straight to Moog Audio. They have uh, straight up Techniques SL twelve hundreds, the like the flagship DJ turntable. Um, they, they performed well, uh, things needles were a bit bent, but the needles were a little bit on the side, but honestly, the Steve told us that there was a that type of, um, the type of needle that they used was very forgiving in that way mm-hmm. so that it didn't, it didn't, uh, disturb the playback at all. No, it was actually pretty good. Everything. Um, yeah. Everything came in like solid cases. The, the mixer was easy enough to figure out on, uh, I think it was like just a very straightforward setup and. The price was great, man. We we picked up uh, two turntables, a mixer, and a two turntables, and a microphone. That was that was the joke. That was the joke. <laughs> we picked up two turntables, a mixer, and a microphone for two hundred and seventy five bucks tax in. Yeah, uh, make sure you know when you when you're going to get this stuff. Know what your speakers are. Know if you have a powered speakers or not, because we kind of we didn't get fucked, but we had I mean, to make we, some adjustments. There was some on the fly stuff we wouldn't have been able to set up early if yeah. we didn't uh, make some changes early on. Yeah. Um, so know whether your speakers are XLR or not, uh, that'll save you some time at the venue when you get there, and you don't have to fucking make calls and try and find adapters for this and that. Or um, if you've never used a mixing table before, p- practice a little bit. It took uh, it took some time, but uh, thankfully we had some help. So we, we kind of cheated a bit. Shout out to DJ Funk Ward for really stepping in and giving us a fucking hand uh, from putting up the turntables on the cases so that we wouldn't break our backs to getting us our adapters so that we can uh, we can proceed as planned. Get rid- stripped down the RCA cables. Yeah, and- give us a couple tips on the mixer too. Uh, if you're listening to this, thank you very much. Before we kind of sign off here, uh, we wanted to mention... Um, our next episode is going to be a biggie. We're doing a Rage Against the Machine dedicated episode. We're going to go chronologically through the band's album history. And uh, we're going to do our best to make it interesting. But I think Rage Against the Machine is going to do a good job of that on their own. And also we're going to tie it into... Yeah, well, we, we skipped Record Store Day because we've been so fucking busy with this party. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we picked up for, for Record Store Day pretty quick. A quick list, which cool makes stuff. sense because one of the things that we did pick up was the Rage Against the Machine album. So, hey, we'll keep that for later. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you were following us on social media, you may have seen a couple posts. Uh, True, we were flipping through some of the records, we were listening to some of the stuff. So, uh, Instagram whoring it up. You definitely need to check us out on Facebook at the DBTH guys, uh, Instagram at DBTH guys. Um, you can shoot us an email at the DBTH guys at gmail.com. Um, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It definitely helps us. And remember, everybody, make Make some some time time for music. It's fucking important.